This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I am Sean Anderson. Looks at me is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And uh, I finally went. I went Ricky again. We went back Good. to the old way. Good. Ricky, I'm sorry. How Dave. it should be. I'm leaving. No, that's how it is. Hi, Ricky. And did Dave show up this week? Dave did show up this week. We got three straight weeks with Dave. And real, Watch real out, quick. Kyle. I'm coming for you. Real quick, mentioning threes, can we talk about the Cavs real quick? Because I don't want to go and make this a, a whole topic because we did that with the Heat and the Heat collapsed kind of. And we jinxed it, it a little. It went to a game three, uh, game seven. But looking at the Cavs, that game on May 4th against the Hawks, that was ridiculous. 25 threes and J.R. Smith looked unreal that game. Yeah, I don't know what happened to this team, but all of a sudden they just figured out like, Oh, yeah, we can shoot threes? That's way easier. It's think, like, if I expected any team to break the three-point record in a game, it wasn't my money on the Cavs. I think it was the Warriors. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the Warriors. I mean, you got, you got Steph, you got Clay. I mean, that was ridiculous shooting. That was insane. And and also, let's give some love to the Hawks, too, because did you see their tw- uh, social media there? They oh, had my God. crying <laughs> Jordan face at halftime where the Hawks logo was. I mean, they were they were doing fantastic, and at, yeah. least, at least you know teams could have fun with that. I'll I be mean, honest. When stuff, great. when stuff like this happens, the real MVP are the social media guys. And they, they, they were getting they, some flack for it. They, They're you like, you guys take, are having fun with this? No, you're, no. We're if, you're, if you're a social media guy, you have to do something like that. Yeah, and you're gonna get you're gonna get a bigger fan base from that. I mean, looking at the Cavs, uh, this team looks dangerous. And if they could stay healthy, I mean, that was the problem last year. They didn't have Kyrie. They didn't have K Love going in the finals. Maybe this team can actually fight Instantly with the Warriors. The most dangerous team in the playoffs I because mean, of that performance. Like we knew they were good, but we hadn't seen them click all the way yet. And now all of a sudden, if Jr. can come out and just drop threes, like there's no problem. Like. Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to have some problems down the line in the series. I mean, the Warriors are still my favorite here, but I mean, even with Steph's injury problems, then you never know. See, they they put Steph's, some question into yeah, it. Not, now you got the little hesitation. And one thing to throw in, uh, K-Love. He's not one of those guys where it's like, hey, you know what, I'm going to shut down, go to the corner in the fourth. Oh, my God. I. Yeah. They're actually using him now. Ty Lue's like, A I'm going to get you the ball. So A little you're bit. You're going to participate? Too, it, I still feel like it's too much of a, here's the ball, take the shot. Like he, he should, He's not a, like catch-and-shoot guy. Caleb, that's not Caleb. Do you want that, or do you want him standing in the corner? Honestly. Crying Jordan face. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that over crying Jordan face. Anyways, we're gonna ju- before we jump in, we do just want to mention one thing. If you are listening to this podcast and you do want to support us in a different way, check out our Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash mostvaluablepodcast. You could check us out, and if you do want to support us in that way, if you do, you know, donate i think it's a dollar a month you do will get access to a uh, exclusive podcast we're not focusing on one main topic we're really just bullshitting for an hour and if that does interest you please go check out that page and we would love your support but anyways let's jump in we're going to be talking frank vogel we're going to be talking kd possibly to the spurs and we're going to wrap it up with chris bosh and chris bosh's unfortunate situation right now and really will we see chris bosh ever again but we're going to jump in to frank vogel frank vogel being fired by larry bird and the indiana pacers i believe it was tuesday was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. It was Tuesday. Uh, Frank Vogel being let go as the uh, Indiana head, uh, Pacers head coach. He's been there since 2010, taking over as the interim head coach. And he's been been a full-time head coach ever since 2011. And he's had a pretty decent run. I mean, he's above 500 winning percentage and has gone to the playoffs in every year except one where it was when Paul George was hurt in 2014 and went to the conference finals twice. Looking at this decision, is it the right decision to fire Frank Vogel? Is it the right decision? What are your opinions, Ricky? I know you have some, oh, well, some fierce opinions. We talked about this last week. When I first saw this, I said, fucking finally. And 
the reason why I say it that way is I have felt like for the last few years that, okay, this move has to be coming sooner rather than later. Because I know the big argument that everyone's going to make is, but Ricky, ever since he's been with the Pacers in 2010, he's made it to the playoffs. He's made it to the conference finals twice. Would have made it to he did make it to the semifinals once. He would have made it to the NBA finals if he didn't have to go and play against LeBron James. And the only year he missed the playoffs was when Paul George got injured playing for USA basketball. However, it's one of those things, me with this move, it comes down to two things. The micro, like, yes, he made it to the conference finals, but why did you lose in those finals going that one step in, kind of just putting the microscope on specific situations? To me, most of them coming out of timeouts late in games. And number two, I think this is a move where Larry Bird was sitting there and going, okay, we can either be fine with making it here and not getting to the finals, or we can make a move. And he even said, hardest decision he had to make, but he had to push that button. See, that's one thing about that is, you know, the quote from Larry Bird is, decided it's time for a new voice around here. Sometimes my job really sucks. I had time to think about it and watch the team throughout the year. I had high expectations uh, that most people for on how our team should play. I came to a conclusion it's time for these guys to hear a new voice. Made a decision not to renew Vogel's contract. And it does kind of seem like he's hesitant about making this move. It doesn't seem like he's like, yeah, this is what we need. This is for sure what we well, need. It just seems that he, he thinks he sees Vogel's potential mm-hmm. as a head coach, but he doesn't want to see out how it's been playing. It's kind of like when we talk about players and they say, oh, well, he just needs a change of scenery. That's Vogel right now. Just needs a change of scenery because with the Pacers, can he get to these situations? Yes. But will they ever get over the hump with Vogel? Answer's probably no. Will they ever get over the hump with anyone? The hump being LeBron James. And Steph Curry now. I mean, yeah, you well, I mean, that's the other side. Well, well, you got to worry about they, what's in front can, of you first. They can yeah, get true. to the finals and not yeah, have to true. worry yeah, about baby steps. steps there. Baby steps, yeah. people. Um, I, I think it's I think it's taking too much away from the talent on the court, saying that Frank Vogel is the reason why they haven't gotten a championship yet. This is a team who has been a little unlucky as far as injuries go. Mm-hmm. They've had people who, I mean, like Danny Granger was top of the league. He was a great player, dropped off the map. You had Roy Hibbert, who was this awesome force of nature down in the paint, absolutely dominated the regular season, and then all of a sudden just lost his way in the playoffs, totally disappeared, and like he's not even like a player. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He's out in L.A., but he's not even like, come on. He's not half the man he used to be. This is a team who reinvent themselves around Paul George and really some younger guys bringing in some veterans to mix it in. This is not the ideal roster for them, and they're still performing at such a high level, getting to the playoffs Year and year out, again, you're right, they did miss the one year, but... Well, and Larry even said, like, no one expected us to even make the playoffs this exactly. year. Paul George has played out of his fucking mind. I mean, if the Bulls actually played like a team, maybe they get the spot that the Pacers should have had. The one thing I did see the problem with with the Pacers uh, roster this year is, yeah, Monta Ellis was fantastic with the Mavericks, but did you really need Monta Ellis there? I mean, I think you definitely needed an upgrade there at the center because you did lose Roy Hibbert. And the thing I do want to mention about Hibbert is that you look at Hibbert and and Lance Stevenson, too. I mean, oh, Frank, Lance, yeah. Frank Vogel made these guys into great NBA players. I mean, defensive forces. And that's the thing. Like, you mentioned uh, Ricky. You mentioned that he 
he didn't draw up the best plays coming out of timeouts, but he is also a defensive-minded head coach. I mean, it's kind of like, I made this comparison before we started talking, where he's kind of the Lovey Smith of the uh, NBA, where he's defensive-minded, and if he got more help, even on the bench-wise, not Lovie even player-wise. Lovey Smith got fired for a 10-win season. Yeah, if, if he, I mean, Frank Vogel hasn't missed the playoffs, and when mm-hmm. he missed the playoffs, it was because his best, te- uh, best player was out, but if you look at the you know if you look at Frank Vogel he didn't have an offensive mind on that bench with him he didn't have the right assistant coaches around him and obviously he needed help on the court I mean I brought up Monta Ellis he didn't really have a big man this year I mean Miles Turner is emerging but again he's still a rookie he doesn't have all, all of his yeah. game polish he, he here. needs to put on some weight it'll hit the gym a little harder I, I look at this this decision and I think it's I think it's stupid I, I love Frank Vogel as a coach and I think some team's gonna sweep sweep him up and I think he's gonna I think take these guys to the playoffs but I, I look at Vogel and like you said he didn't do do the best job of maintaining late game in situations. In the moment, he had some issues. But he also I don't think going to argue that. But we don't know. You know, he's not going back there saying that's not the play I drew up. Paul George mm-hmm. fucked up. He's not calling out his players. We don't know what he called up. We don't know what he wrote up. We didn't know what he told his team in the huddle. So it, it's hard to throw him under the bus for it. But at the same time, you're the coach. You're the one at the end of the day who's well, responsible and for why, results. And that's why I say that this move. I'm not going to say. On the side of you, Sean Moore, I'm not going to say it sucks. I'm not even going to say, like, oh, this is the perfect move. And the reason why I'm saying that case is I think this is unlike any coaching firing that we've talked about yet this season, where Mm. it kind of, to me, is it's kind of like the Thibodeau firing, but Thibodeau's actually an amazing head coach and shouldn't have been fired, where... This was well, just at the end. I don't know. People didn't think Thibodeau was such an amazing head coach. This was just ran him out of town. Yeah, this they was looking just, at a lot of his a lot of his struggles. But like you're saying, this was just with the Pacers. Okay, are we going to be complacent where we are, or are we going to have to make a move and hopefully get better? And Larry Bird made the tough decision to push that button. But I don't know if it's the right decision though. That's the, that's the thing. I look at this and I don't see a coach on the market. That is like that's the guy that's going to be better than Frank Vogel. Because you mentioned, yeah, make the difference right away. I, mean, I don't know about that. You had Sean. You mentioned Thibodeau. I mean, Thibodeau's still a top top five coach in the league. I think he's he's up there. At least he's a top ten coach. Vogel's not too far behind. I I, I would take Vogel out of a lot of coaches, uh, even in the playoffs right yeah, now. I think I mean, Vogel's a good, not great coach. Yeah, I, I think Vogel is. It's a good way to play uh, put it. But I, I think Vogel is you know immediately becomes one of the best names on the market there. Uh, for head coaching vacancies. And if I do look at anyone out there for the Pacers to look towards, I kind of look for a guy uh, like Jeff Hornacek, who did, who was brought into uh, Phoenix and kind of changed their offensive mindset. And if they do want to go more of the offensive side, because obviously Frank Vogel is the defensive, uh, was a defensive head coach, maybe they do bring in a Jeff Hornacek, kind of like the Bulls did with bringing in uh, Fred Hoiberg. Maybe they do bring in Jeff Hornacek See, to kind of give him a change of pace. Here's here. the thing, though. You can't make, to me, you can't make the comparison. That parallel doesn't to, exist. Hornacek because... You know what he can do. Well, no. Hoiberg had the bull connection. So if we're saying, you know what, it's going... Wait, if we're going to make the Hoiberg connection here, then the names we're going to throw out, Randy Whitman because he's from Indianapolis, you're going to throw out Mike Woodson because he has roots in Indiana, and you're going to throw out um, Nate McMillan because he was a Pacers assistant head coach for the past three seasons. That's what you're going to do. That's but, the Hoiberg type okay, of move. See, I, I see the Nate McMillan thing because obviously you know he's had ties with the Pacers, but I mean, just being from the city, I don't think that really makes that too much of a difference. I think you want a coach that can be capable of, of putting out 
putting out a, a team. And, I mean, and maybe and Nate McMillan say, can kind of be like a Tyron Lue where and, he, he fits better with the locker room. See, I would argue, oh, well, okay, locker room I'm not saying. I'm saying it as Nate McMillan. I mean, you're the guy who was supposed to be helping you know, Vogel yeah. make those correct decisions, and you fucked up because obviously he didn't make the correct decisions. Maybe you weren't, you know, that, I don't want to say coach whisperer, mm-hmm. but like your job as an assistant coach is to make sure you give as much input as much your area of expertise. And obviously this team, you know, something's off. Something's not there. They're missing. I also look at Nate McMillan's, you know, prior experience in Seattle. He wasn't that great. He did go to the conference semifinals once, but Ray Allen also led that team there. Evan, if you look at his time in Portland, he wasn't that special at all. I mean, he didn't really do anything in Portland. He lost in the first round every single time. So, I mean, Nate McMillan might not even be you know, the, the best idea. Hornacek, he's still a young coach. He's still developing. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you don't really need connections. I think you just need to impress at the interview. And maybe Larry Bird does want to change like well, that. I mean, you don't need immediate connections. What gets you the interview? The con- most of the time, it's a lot the of the time it's who you know. Yeah. And, and, that's and the name thing. recognition. I, I mean, Hornacek does have re- name recognition. I would, does, yeah. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even look at Hornacek, mainly because wow. of what happened. Was he thrown into a shit situation in Phoenix? Yeah. You're damn right he was. But yeah, I, I wouldn't like just... Hornacek just doesn't come to my mind right away with. Larry Bird. I think Larry Bird's going to look through, okay, who do I want? Who's going to be my guy? And more likely than not, it's going to be someone that has some type of connection to Larry. But, I mean, when you have those, who's going to be my guy, usually don't they go after the younger guys who they can mold and not really, control's the wrong word, but mold, I think, fits mm-hmm. exactly. Like, you want them to do, who they're gonna have align your vision with. Over. Yeah. And, no offense to Hunter, but like you said, he's a younger guy. He's still developing his style. Mm-hmm. I think that would actually, I think that's a smart fit. I mean, some of the other names tossed out there. Mark Jackson, I feel like, would be a dark horse for it. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni would be interesting, but I don't I don't like it because guard-wise, they're not set for the future. I, I don't believe in that. I think Mike D'Antoni can work excellent if you have a great guard for him to work with. I think that's a one-to-one relationship on his success. With Mark Jackson, I feel like he had a lot to do with the prep work that went down. He was able to get, uh, but again, it's like, was his Warriors team that much better than mm-hmm. Frank Vogel's and yeah, Pacers team? I'm going to say no. They they were both. They got into the playoffs, but they couldn't get over their individual humps. See, but with the Mark Jackson thing, I look at a guy and, you know, with Steve Kerr, he took the same exact roster and made them the 73 and uh, 10, and 10 maybe, or 70, 73 and 9 Warriors. And who's he to took know, that over the jump. Who's to know that Larry Bird doesn't see that and go, hey, you know what? The Warriors made a move like that. Did the team change much between Jackson and Kerr? Not really. Like, every team changes in off-seasons, but the core was still there, and look at what Kerr was able to do. Now, I know they have Steph Curry, they have the MVP, the two-time MVP, but... They got two of the best shooters in the league. They got one of the most diverse down But that could be one thing that Larry Bird could have looked at and said, hey, you know what? Like, we got to make this move. That's what I'm going with. See, but I don't see the, the true comparison from Mark Jackson to Frank Vogel. I think Frank Vogel does have a future in the NBA. And looking at the the available coaching head coaches or head coaching positions, you know, unless someone else gets fired, which I doubt is going to happen, you have the Sacramento Kings, you have the Houston Rockets, you have the New York Knickerbockers, and now you have the Indiana Pacers. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to say that he's not going to go to the Indiana Pacers for some I weird reason. It. I love uh, it. I think if he's going to go someplace, and the, the, the Knicks have already contacted him. I think he'll go to the Knicks mainly just because Phil Jackson might be 
interested in him because I don't think there's a team out there that's like, yeah, this is the guy for us because I look at the Kings, I think they're going to go with someone who's desperate for a job because no one's going to actually want to go to the Kings. <laughs> Houston, I'm thinking they're going to go college with, I think they're interested in Bill Self or Shaka Smart. I don't think Bill Self's going to leave Kansas, but maybe Shaka will be interested there. Shaka just just went to Kansas. Why but this would he is the leave? Because M- it's the NBA. This is a guy... That's the next step. This is a guy that just made the leap from VCU to Texas after a year. Yeah, he's not going to make the jump to the NBA. Could you imagine if he makes the jump to the NBA? I mean, no. He's not Brad unprecedented Stevens. Rise. Brad Stevens put in his work okay. at Butler. Let me just say... Uh, let me just... If comparing... If it's Shaka or Bill Self, I'll say Shaka goes over Self. I think neither of them go. But I think neither of them go, but I'm just saying, compare it. Kenny, people Smith, Kenny Smith, head coach of the Jets. Kenny, Kenny Smith, going Kenny Smith the Jet, is also, baby. Kenny, Kenny Smith is also available. He don't want to be with Charles and Ernie and Shaq anymore. Shaq's pushing him out anyways. Do you want, if Kenny wants to leave, I'll take his job on NBA, on TNT. I'll, you I'll are totally looking for it. a job on every single chance you get. You it's like, you I can be a coach, I can be a GM, he, I can be hey, this. If, if he can do that, I'm taking over for Skip Bayless tomorrow. Because I, I wonder, can do that. are they going to continue that show without Skip? Maybe they'll do. I don't know what's going to go on. But anyways, looking at Frank Vogel, I think he might do what a Tom Thibodeau does, and he might just wait. Because maybe, you know, Elvin Gentry might be out after this year, because I don't think he's, the Pelicans are truly loving him. He might be pushed out. Looking around the league, I mean, there's going to be pe- some people who do not impress. I mean, people in Toronto aren't really in love with Dwayne Casey and the way he handles that team. I was going to say, does he with, get fired if he loses to the Heat? Especially, yeah. Especially he was definitely going to get fired if he won out in round one. <laughs> yeah. This is now a question mark. So basically, Vogel or Casey, who is getting fired? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, looking looking at it, I mean, there's going to be places for him to go. It's just truly where. I'm thinking he's going to do a Tom Thibodeau and wait a year. And maybe even he might even go back to being assistant just for a little bit until someone gets, you know, really interested and gets desperate and is like, all right, we need this guy on our team. That's mm. that's my that's my views with Vogel. I'm not sure where he's going to go. I think he's going to go to the Knicks. You, why, why is that exactly? The connection to Phil Jackson. What's the connection to Phil Jackson? He was an advanced scout on the team for the Lakers when Jackson was the head coach in L.A. But so they got a little bit of carryover. But does he, yeah? But does he actually? I mean, does he know the triangle well enough? Is he going to actually run the oh triangle? This is a guy that just triangle. because it's of, true. Just because of the connection, this is a guy like Dave was saying. Phil Jackson can influence Vogel to run the triangle. True. I mean, it's I, a younger guy that hey, you're gonna, Frank Vogel, you can do this. Defensive coach, maybe he doesn't give a whole lot of shits about that offense. You and know he what? does. Screw de- it. I'll run your triangle. And he does develop pl- young players well. I mean, look at Paul George. Paul George turned into one of the best small forwards in the league. Think about Porz- Porzingis would be Porzing God every year. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Got Miles Turner to pop out of a. Like out of nowhere, literally. Maybe, maybe we could see that. I mean, I, I, I could. Th- that's probably I, that's probably the one team that is currently available that Frank Vogel might yeah, go say, to, and it might be a good fit. I could see Frank Vogel walking away from Sacramento. I, I don't see a whole lot of love there. The Rockets' job, unless may... unless he feels like I can turn it around, I can make Boogie a solid contributor. No, nah, I'm not worried about that. The I Rockets. Just... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I just so... want to throw one thing in there. I yeah. Mean, Looking at Frank Vogel, I mean, he does kind of look like Jeff Van Gundy, so maybe he does have the Knicks connection there where they do just oh, similar looking. I don't know. I mean, we looking at Frank Vogel, I think the Knicks probably makes the only sense, but I feel like he's going to wait a year. I, I don't think I don't think he's going to go to the Kings just because of Boogie. I mean, he's probably not going to be that desperate enough. That's why right. I think you're going to need a desperate head Rockets, coach. Rockets, uh, I mean, nobody wants to coach hero ball. That, that shit gets old. And you're, you saw how quickly you're going to be thrown under the fence if something goes wrong. 
Uh, yeah, it's Knicks or nothing for him this year. I think the Rockets also want someone with a connection. I think if you're going to make a connection there, I think Phil the Jackson. Jet. Phil Jackson makes sense there because Phil Jackson likes people who know his system or mm-hmm. know know about it. But like and that's then, why in Houston, plus I he said respects smart coaches. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. And he Frank Vogel is a smart coach. He's been around in the league for a long time, both as a scout, an assistant coach, and now a head coach for five years. I think he's earned his rep. He's well-known around the league, and he's had really good results with really unlucky teams. Finally, let's just wrap this up. Who are the Pacers, who's going to be the Pacers head coach at or at the start of next season, and where will Frank Vogel go? I'm going to say that Jeff Hornacek will be the coach of the Indiana Pacers just because I like that fit, and that's just because pick. I like the idea. It might not happen, but I, I just like the idea. I don't know if the connections really matters for Larry Bird. He might like mm-hmm. a smart coach. He might like what Hornacek did with the Pacers in his first season. Maybe he'll go that way. And I also think Vogel will take off a year and wait and see what's out there because I think he does have the ability to do that since he has proven that he can take a team far enough. Just not going up against LeBron, basically. I'm going to say he Vogel goes to the Knicks. And because I'm not absolutely sure... Who the Pacers are going to sign? I'm going to throw a throwaway out there and just say Jeff Van Gundy. Just Damn to you. say Jeff Van Gundy. I was going to go Van Gundy <laughs> so I could see Van Gundy on Van Gundy action. <laughs> that Whenever Detroit great. and Indy play each other. That would be great. No, I think they're probably going to default back, go with their assistant head coach right now. Go with Nate, Nate McMillan. Give Nate a one year. Give him a throw. See what he can do. It. I mean, Kind of like an interim year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that doesn't make him feel great about it, but no. let's be yeah, honest. Total job security there, Dave. But let's be honest. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it. Money and maybe maybe he will just go back to being assistant. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they maybe they're not just going to completely can him. Maybe they're just like, hey, we need a filler right now. I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on with Nate McMillan there. I just I think that I, I want to see Hornacek be a head coach again because I, I really a dream like coach, what he does. But it's not going to happen. I, I just like what Hornacek can do. But anyways, we're going to transition over to. The big report now, and we don't know if it's actually going to happen. We kind of made a video about this already with uh, a different team, but the Spurs are reportedly in on the Kevin Durant hunt because Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent after who this year. Who isn't, though? Well, I say, be prepared for uh, 28 <laughs> more videos on who wants Kevin Durant. Well, and on Reddit, I saw a funny comment. It was uh, uh, 29 teams interested in Kevin Durant. Knicks are not interested because it doesn't fit the triangle. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm looking at... I'm looking at, you know, I, I'm looking at KD and I'm looking at the Spurs and it doesn't really make sense in my mind just because where is he going to play? Is he going to be the stretch four right there? I mean, because you're going to you're going to move Lamarcus he to can. the center. You're going to play KD at power forward and then Kawhi at small forward. I mean, I don't think you want to go super like big there with Kawhi being your your shooting guard. I mean, it. Kawhi can match up against one through five on the floor. It doesn't matter. He can. But I mean. Also, do you want him at that that big of a lineup though? Because then maybe you because do you want like an aging Tim Duncan as your center? Do you want? I mean, I don't. Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan on this team. He's already played limited minutes. True, but I'm I'm just looking at this and I I don't see his exact fit on the team. I mean, the Spurs with Kevin Durant is dangerous without without a doubt. He'll have a spot. Yeah, I mean, like worst case scenario, him and Boban will share some time. Would you actually see it as a viable option though? As KD wanting to go. To San Antonio because obviously you know he has um, pop, but does, do, you do you think like, he wants to be the man? Do you like rings? Because that's what he'd be looking for. That's the only reason he'd go. But he wouldn't even get a top top contract if he did that. Like no. the Spurs would give up. They'd have to cut some weight, and mm-hmm. then you still couldn't even compete. Like it would be a short term deal, so he can cash in somewhere else later. 
I, I just look at it, and I don't think it's going to happen. But, I mean, if it does happen, that makes that team so dangerous because you'll have Kawhi, who's one of the best defenders. You have KD, who's one of the best just scorers Literally in the general. best scorer we've possibly ever seen. Well, uh, Steph might be arguing with that just because of the way he can shoot. And then you have LaMarcus, who's one of the top big men in the league. Looking at it, it's just dangerous what's truly happening. I mean, I don't I don't see the uh, possible cap situation that really does free up a ton of money because Kawhi's locked up. I mean, unless Tony Parker somewhat, somehow leaves, they're going to have to make, move Danny Green's 10-year contract or $10 million uh, <laughs> contract. Oh, yeah, years. totally. That's let, Let's not move Danny Green because moving Green would get us Kevin Durant. I think anybody would take... Durant no, but how Green. are they going to move a four, a three-year con, a thirty, thirty million three-year contract for Danny Green? I'm just, I'm just saying. Everybody wants shooters. You'll find somebody who wants a yeah. kid who can shoot the three. Yeah, you know the weird thing though. Think about that lineup. You're like, oh, it'd be so great. It's weird watching the Spurs team when they give the ball to Aldridge, like Aldridge being mm-hmm. their go-to guy. They don't. It, their offense doesn't look right. I hope I'm not and the only one on this. And he just backs it down in the post. I like he's it. He's dominating. I Don't get me though. wrong. I like, love it. It's he's just absolutely let him go to work. It. But it's weird because this isn't that Spurs offense where everybody touches the ball. Mm-hmm. It's always one more pass to get the better shot. We're not seeing that. And when you say Kevin Durant going that team, I'm like, oh, well, that's that's another ball stop. It's not quite Carmelo, like, mm-hmm. ball's never going to leave his hands unless it's going in the rim. Yeah. But it's still, it feels like, you know, this dream team kind of thing. I, I don't see that Spurs heart. I don't see Pop like going in on that. I don't. Yeah, I don't see Pop being a guy who's going to make a huge free agent splash that he doesn't see that will work exactly for him. Because I think he saw Lamarcus as possibly the next guy like a Tim Duncan, you know, the, the predecessor to Tim Duncan. Where you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who's same build, not exactly the same player because you, Kawhi is developing his offensive game, but he's mostly known as a defensive player. But I, I look at it and I don't see the exact fit there. I mean. Don't make. Don't get me wrong. If that team is put together, who's it's, gonna it's, say no to KD? Yeah, it's it's gonna make that team the favorite without a doubt because you got KD, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, that's that's an unstoppable team there. But I don't really see. I think it kind of be like a, a Cavalier situation where you have guys who might not gel and might not fit the system exactly. I mean, Pop is one of the best. Pop is the best coach in the NBA. But I mean, that's a lot to deal with there. Well, and the one thing I'm looking at is right now I've got the contracts up for. The Spurs in front of me. And the two that I'm focusing on the most is Tim Duncan, and I'm going to throw it out there, Ginobili. Because Ginobili right now, 38, does he play another year? Does he play that final year of his contract? Or do we see something where if the Spurs win a title, do Duncan and Ginobili at the same time say, you know what, we're going to walk off together? Because to me, I feel like if the Spurs win it all this year, Duncan is the admiral to LaMarcus Aldridge. Hey, kid, thanks for helping me win one. Have fun with my my car while I go off and retire with this championship. But Ginobili being 38, I mean, that could be another thing. That and op- not a healthy 38 is the other yeah. thing. He's He's been struggling the last couple of years with injuries. That opens up right there. You've got the average salary for Duncan is about 5.4, 2.8 for Ginobili. That's eight right there. Then with the four free agents you have, most of it is Boban and Bonner, depending on if you're going to bring those two back. Kmart and Miller can be expendable. To me, then you have to move either Patty Mills or Danny Green because Danny Green is 10 mil and Patty Mill is 4 mil a year because you're not going to move Parker. You're not going to move Kawhi. You're not going to move any of the key pieces. That's what it's got to be. It's solely going to be determined on 
what is what does Ginobili do? What does Duncan do? What can we move to get KD here? And if KD comes here, it's exactly what you mentioned, Sean, earlier in this segment. It's he's going to be that stretch four because I like just reading about this. There have been so many people that are coming here. Oh, Durant can be the stretch four. He can be the four. It's Kevin like, Durant at shooting guard. It's like you know what, like. I could see it happening, what, especially with Lamarcus seven down foot low. shooting guard, six <laughs> eleven shooting guard. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just mean, have him run the point. That would make him <laughs> Zach Levine oh up in here. God. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't bring up Zach Levine. And now we're just trying to piss. Well, off let's our bring viewers. up an actual. Let's bring up the super team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, no, this, <laughs> yeah, the T Wolves, baby. If if they do sign Kevin Durant, they will be a super team. I mean, without a doubt, you'll have Lamarcus Aldridge, who's one of the best centers. You'll have KD, who's one of the best players. Could, and same with Kawhi. Could they be more of a super team? than the big three down there in Miami. Well, I mean, looking at I Miami I mean, if we're played, talking about uh, Dwayne Wade, a Chris Bosh, and a Luol Dang. Dude, and a Greg Oden. I, I was going Luol <laughs> Dang. I'm not talking about uh, the father of LeBron James. Oh, the out father there. of LeBron. I thought you were going to bring up Mario Chalmers. Oh, Mario, Mario Chalmers. Chalmers. <laughs> he made that up. Uh, but, I, I mean, looking at super teams, how they played out, you know, in in this history, I mean, the Heat obviously are the the biggest example because of you know the the, the big three, the there. big splash in free agency. Yep. Uh, I mean, you they they didn't take immediate impact. It didn't take immediate like it, they, it took a while for them to gel. I mean, we we saw that with Spolstra possibly getting fired. Well, it we thought he was year. a problem. Yeah. Is one year a lot? Is that what we're constituting well, as a lot? If you compare it to the other big three of Boston, they okay. they clicked immediately. True. I mean, Boston, man. I mean, those those are the other two like super teams I look at. You know, with KD, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. That's a super team that worked fantastically. Plus, Miami, plus a rookie Rondo. Yeah, I mean, and that was. That I mean, was if, hot. even if you look at you know that Miami team, they, that team was loaded with depth. They even had Ray Ray Allen at, at one point. I mean, and Birdman. And Birdman, was, of course, and Mario Chalmers. That's great. Uh, but I mean, looking at it, it's just I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, super teams are hard to beat because they're a fucking super team. But I mean, mm-hmm. the, but the, it's have, self-explanatory. You know, dumpster fires like the Cavs had. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs, where, where you try to reassemble a big three again, but you don't get quite the right pieces. And you know and what? You it's a lot of future. frustration. It, it's a yeah, your future. Pretty much everything's riding on it. Or you fuck up even worse and you pull a fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, I was just going to bring you that mortgage up. your future. You mortgage it for the super team that's uh, going to the retirement home. Yeah, say, what, when your super team needs wheelchairs and walkers, yeah. maybe you're... When KG's, when KG's playing the grandpa, grandfather on a uh, State Farm commercial, the then sp- you know it's getting old. The Spurs wouldn't be mortgage, merging in their future, though, because they're not getting rid of Kawhi. They're not getting no. rid of LaMarcus. And, I mean, they don't really have a future outside of that. I mean, they mortgage their future when, you know, they had Tim Duncan... Parker mm-hmm. or Ginobili. I mean, they yeah. they haven't really got a, a, a rookie that's like, all Boban. right, this is, yeah, Boban. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> looking at, they won't really mortgage their future, but again, will they be able to gel? And then you look at the coaches that were put in situations. You have Doc Rivers, who's obviously one of the best coaches in the league. You have Eric Spolstra, Spolstra who's kind of developing into one of the best coaches being, in the league. Being watched over by one of the greatest coaches in the league. Yeah, and then you, so. and then you look at the Cavs. You know, you look at Blatt. Blatt's a rookie head coach. That's possibly a reason why they didn't gel. But then you look at the Spurs. You can't really make that argument because you have Greg Popovich, who's arguably one of the best coaches of all time. So I mean, yeah. it's hard to look in the, at this and say if they got KD, this team is you know not going to work out. But again, it's hard to see them co- totally work out because again, maybe you do have a six eleven shooting guard. I mean, mm-hmm. we joked about that, but where, I mean, he's going to be a stretch four. But to what extent was that really work? Because he's going to have the ball in his hand most of the time. To me, the team that makes the most sense for KD, if he ain't staying with the Thunder, he's going back home to D.C. 
Why is that exactly? That's a, what, just the, what about DC makes it attractive? Scott there's no Brooks. championship oh, I'm not, there. I'm Scott not, I'm not saying, but there's no championship. I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying it's attractive. It's one of the things. He's either going to stay with the Thunder where he's familiar, or he's going to go to the next most familiar, which would be going back home. Plus, they have more cap room than the Spurs to get shit done. Yeah, but I, I mean, cap's going up this year anyway, or next year, right? Yeah. It's this year and next year. Years, yeah. 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 So, I mean, one way or the other, teams are going to have more money available, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't, I don't know. I'm not sure where KD's at in his career. He could be at that, I want to win a ring because he's been so close so many times. Maybe he just goes, you know what, fuck it. I will go play for a team that I know is going to make the playoffs. I know mm-hmm. is going to go to the finals. Like the and Spurs, like the, like Spurs. the Warriors. Yeah, he could go that route. Or he could, you know, be like old school NBA throwback and be like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to go take a team. Whether it's you know staying staying with the Thunder, even if Russ leaves him, like he could just want to do that. Mm-hmm. We never did also see. Well, I mean, Kevin Durant, he also has injury problems too, so that might play into the championship factor there. That he might not feel like he can do longevity this. of his career. Yeah, he yeah. might not be able to do this for a long time. Like Jordan, who played into his forties. I mean, I mean, thank God Kevin Durant is you know six eleven and has one of the best shots. So even if he loses some of that elevation, like. Dude can still shoot it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, no, I know. I, unless, I understand what you're saying. Like, like late in games and he bricks so much, like Kobe. in the playoffs. Well, I was, I was, I, I was going, I was going off the play. I was looking more Larry Bird, where Larry oh. Bird totally slowed down. He totally kind of became a role player, but was yeah. still fantastic. No, I was going off of game. the yeah. performance that he had. What was it against the... Dallas oh, Mavericks in the first yeah. first round where he just kept missing. There were some blunders. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the only game they lost. I mean, I look at I look at KD and I, I think of him as a guy who might be one. Of, he kind of might be in the mellow boat where he might be one of the greatest players to never win a championship. I look at you know Steph, who's obviously won a championship. LeBron, kind of like you know he that's the the Jordan there and that's the the, the Kobe. But you know and then you have or, I'm sorry, you have uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Steph and LeBron. And, well, LeBron twice, but Le- LeBron, LeBron, and Steph, LeBron, LeBron, and Dwayne what Wade if and he LeBron. Went to and Miami. now he's not going to go to Miami. But what? But what if, if I'm just saying, what if? How is, is that going to work, though? I mean, you're going to basically destroy Justice Winslow's potential they, because he's not going to be playing. He's going to be sitting behind KD. I mean, Dwayne Wade is is injury prone. I mean, D, D Wade's yeah, he's running on no knees right there. Hassan Whiteside's going to be leaving. You still need to assign Hassan Whiteside. So you're basically just going to have KD and a shit ton of veterans. And I mean, even Chris Bosh, we're going to get into that later. He might not even be able to be there next year. So we don't know if it, it might be KD. It, it, that kind of might play into mm-hmm. you know KD's going to get his own team. I don't I don't see that really working yeah, out there. That, I mean, that that situation would be no better than him going to the Wizards because you. Have a it'd be worse point guard, than, it'd be and then question mark. Well, it'd hey, be worse than the Wizards what, because you know John Wall's still young. Yeah, what I mean, if, everyone on that Heat team is hey, not young. What if that Heat team makes it to the finals? Just saying. What if they make it? Does that now make it a? Oh well, hey, I could be that missing piece for the Heat. I just see the Heat as their their window closing. I mean, they're they're an aging team. It's going to be basically KD's team, and I, I don't think that's going to really draw them in. I mean, he's he they might have. Something to draw him in if he's he's really attracted to Spolstra and Pat Riley, but outside of that, I don't see anything that's like, yeah, this is why I'm going to go to this team. But I I think that's that's really running the course there. I mean, 
I, I think KD is going to stay with Oklahoma City, and I think he's at least going to stay with them for a year because that cap is going to take another huge jump, and he's going to get an even bigger contract. I think that's going to be what the smartest thing of thing for him to do. And I don't think the Heat are really that in contention there. Uh, but talking about the Heat, um, and th- this one kind of g- gets serious, both because you know Chris Bosh is both one of a uh, fantastic player in the NBA, but also this might be his career. I mean, we we might not see Chris Bosh again, and. At the near the All Star break, he had the blood clot issues come back up again, and it wasn't in his heart this time. It was in his leg, so it wasn't you know as serious as people thought. And people were like, "Well, maybe Chris Bosh can make it back for the playoffs." Now the Heat have indefinitely ruled him out for the playoffs. He, Chris Bosh is not coming back for the Heat. Do you think this seriously affects first off the Heat's playoff run? And do you, what do you what do you really think of this Chris Bosh situation? I mean, should he be allowed to play if he feels well enough to play, or do you think the NBA and the Miami Heat are in the right? I think the Heat, you know, have kind of found how they're going to run this team without Chris Bosh. He's been out for quite some time this season, so it's not you know going to change up their dynamic really. They found their groove. I don't think they have enough firepower to continue on if they go even with the Raptors and take it to seven. I mean, who knows? Because the Raptors have been really piss poor at shooting. That's their best chance. But I don't know. No, there's no chance to get past the Cleveland Cavaliers without, you know, Chris Bosh back and healthy. So I think this kind of put the cap on their playoff run this season. Sure, you can say, oh, we're going to go out there. We're going to compete. But let's be realistic. It's it's just not going to happen. I am actually on the other side of it. I don't think it's one of those things where just because Chris Bosh isn't out there, you're not going to do X, Y, or Z. This team, to me, right now on the court, runs through D-Wade. And D-Wade, the past, you look at him game one, you look at him last series when Purple Shirt Guy, not talking Five Nights at Freddy's, I'm talking the um, Hornets fan, pissed off D-Wade. That is the kind of energy that this Heat team has However you look at it, and this entire season, Chris Bosh, we've even seen articles where Bosh has been kind of transforming into more of that leader for the team. Kind of, to me, I see it as like a coach on the sideline, kind of coaching up Whiteside, coaching up these young players. And to me, I think this could be the perfect transition for Bosh if he wants to go into coaching because this is serious. I think going back to your... First question, Sean, I don't think Bosch is the kind of guy that's like, I'm going to give it a go because i got to be out there for my team. This is a very serious matter, and it's it's pretty much either you're alive or you're not, so we're going to keep you off the court because we value your life. Bosch is wanting to play, though. Bosch does not want to sit out, though. It, I mean, I, yeah. I think Bosch understands the, the severity of this, but if Bosch well, says if he's why... medically cleared, he's going to play. That's the thing. He's not medically cleared, and I think the NBA is more like we can't have a player die on our court. And yeah, obviously, and they, just... they, they they want to be show some humanity too. They are also like, well, you need to check out and make sure that mm-hmm. this is a hundred percent cleared up. But I mean, looking at you know bosses, I mean, Bosch's you know career. I mean, he's been a fantastic player. He's obviously you know when he's playing and he's healthy, he's one of the most productive big men. And looking at Bosch, I mean that's a that's a huge blow for the Heat. I think that's a huge blow for the the, the Heat's playoff run because you know now that kind of takes away a guy who can really defend K Love, and that, that's the one thing that you know the the Cavs do have uh, above 
the heat is that they don't really have a guy that can defend K-Love. I mean, they have the inside presence of Whiteside. I mean, maybe Dwayne Wade can show or just play that one more spark and kind of, you know, do that again where he can really be that guy of... You take know, over a series. Take over a series. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Bosch would add added given that, that really, that, that push there. And looking at Bosch's contract situation, if he is deemed, if this, this is deemed career ending, they would be able to waive Bosch and apply for a medical exception that would wipe his salary of $23.7 million that that year. So it won't really be detrimental to the Heat there, but it would be detrimental to both Chris Bosch's career and obviously just the, the Heat's chances further on because, you know, Chris Bosch was still a part of their future plans. Absolutely. I mean, and you got to think about it this way, too. He's, he really came back into the old Raptors Chris Bosch this year. Like, he was putting up over 21 points a night when he came back, or I'm sorry, this season. So you really saw, like, that reemergence of, you know, the dominant force on the court after the LeBron days had left, and he kind of reformed his old role. So with, like you said, aging Dwayne Wade, and if you remove him from that picture, where's this team going to go? There's a lot of question marks because, you know, prior, okay, we had this contract money tied up. Now are we going to drop that money and keep Whiteside here guaranteed? Are we going to go out and get ourselves another big who can, you know, let us compete right now, try to eke out the last little bit of Dwayne Wade at the end of his career? Like, there's a lot of different ways they could go with this team. And looking at the NBA, I mean, should the NBA really put a limit on them, on Chris Bosh here? Because if Chris Bosh is healthy and he's medically cleared, but the NBA know he has this condition, should they allow him to play? I mean, should they be really be controlling whether a person's allowed to make money like this or not? In the end, I think it's like you're saying like, oh, the NBA, the NBA. In the end, I think this is a heat decision because I don't think it's going to get to an NBA decision because the heat are aligned with the same kind of principles of the NBA. If he's not medically cleared, he's not going to play. And that's just the bottom line of it because you can't uh, you we can't have him go out there and get hurt even more. It's not even a hurt thing. I mean, if if he dies on the court, I mean, this this is a serious thing. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously the NBA might look out for himself and be like, "All right, we don't want this guy you know, collapsing on yeah, the court. Anytime, anytime Bosch is on the court now, you have that concern. You have that extra little something in the back of your head. Like, if anything happens to him, like, what happens? I mean, that's that's a lot to put on somebody. I mean, think about football. It's like we see, you know, all these huge concerns with, you know, the head trauma. And it's like, it's going to happen, and we all know it, and we all feel terrible about it. But, you know, there's guys like Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman who are extremely prone to it. And... Wes Welker was the case, you know, the be-all, end-all of king of concussions. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe the Rams had the conscience to put him back out on the field. This guy can't remember last week, and you're going to play him? I feel like the NFL should have stepped in there, so I really hope the NBA takes a step forward and really just kind of says, be like, look, well, this is what's best for everyone. And I'm saying just that the NBA won't need to step in because Pat Ry- this organization run by Pat Riley isn't going to put Bosch in that situation. But do you think somebody else will? Because the Patriots weren't going to do that for Wes Welker. But somebody else in the league stepped in and was like, I'm not going to pass up on your talent. I do not. I'll take a flyer on you. No. If he gets, if the Heat wave him for, if the Heat wave him for medical reasons, nobody's going to touch him. Because like we've said, the NBA is far different than the NFL. 
But looking at Chris Bosh, though, he is still a productive player in the NBA when healthy. And if people think, you know, what if what if his medical condition clears up or a doctor, another different doctor does clear him? I mean, maybe a team will take a chance on him. And then I also look at, you know, maybe the Heat doesn't take the chance, but a different team does. Maybe the NBA looks at a situation like in uh, 1990 with the unfortunate situation of the Lo- uh, Loyola Marymount University player, Hank Gathers, who died on the court because of a blood clot, because he was uh, of a heart condition. I mean, do they take a chance? Do they roll the dice there on allowing a player to play? Because maybe the NBA does step in and do that because they say, all right, he might be medical cleared now, but he's had this issue twice come up. Maybe they do not let this you know, proceed and just say, all right, Chris Bosh, I mean, unfortunately, we, we can't allow you to play in our league because of this situation. I'm going to put it this way. In my head, I do not think a team would take that chance. However, he, he, however if a team does take the chance... Adam Silver will step in because he's not Roger Goodell, and Adam Silver's out for the players, not for making money. Well, making money over player safety, yeah, I should I say. Yeah, i say, Chris Bosh put up 21-7-2 and, like, a steal and a block a game. I mean, no one's going to pass that up in the NBA. Like, oh, you say you're good to play? You're medically, you know, you have nothing wrong at this moment. Why wouldn't I sign that guy? Exactly. I mean, look at look at the times that he has not had LeBron James on his team. I mean, if you look from 2010 to 2013, he, he was averaging around 18 to 16. Then LeBron leaves Miami, 21, 19. He's playing up to the level that he was in Toronto where he's averaging 24, 22. His, his skill has not diminished. I just think that if a team is like, all right, we this guy's clear to play. We're, we're not going to take the chance. Even a Chicago fan, are like, well, that'd be a perfect fit. Paul Gasol out. Chris Bosh in. Why would... I would with everything consciously. With I would feel about, awful. I wouldn't. No, I, I feel I wouldn't take going, the chance. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I'm. I'm in agreement. That's why, that. and that's why you but say why would you shake your. I know, but that's owners. why when you say why are you shaking your head, that's why because I think like that because owners want money and and he will bring money and he will make their team better. I mean, even even with the health condition. I mean, the thing is. They're more about making money. They're more about, you know, this guy can bring in jersey sales. This He's guy wins. can make our team and better. That's like, and, yeah. and if it gets to that point, that's where Silver will step in. Because like I said, Silver is different than you bring up the NFL. Goodell wants money. Goodell doesn't give it. Like, I'm at the point where Goodell doesn't give a shit about the players. He just wants money. Silver's a guy where he doesn't want Bosch dying on the court. You would hope. You would hope that. I mean, yeah. I, it's a, it would be yeah. unfortunate if that that situation wasn't true. I mean, the, it, it's 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 a terrible topic to talk about because I mean, Chris Bosch. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this is it could possibly I mean, he, be he's career only been ending in the league for twelve years, yeah. and he again, like you said, he's still playing peak performance. Like he's still got it. He's he's got a lot ahead of him if he's healthy. And this isn't really something that's his his fault. It's it's no. probably mm-hmm. a genetic a genetic thing. So I mean, unfortunately with Chris Boss, I mean it's it's hard to see. And the one thing I do want to bring up from it a little bit earlier when oh can they beat the Cavs without Bosch? The Heat can. They did it late in the season with LeBron on the court. It wasn't one of those things where oh LeBron was sitting. They did it without Bosch. They can do it in the playoffs. Cavs Heat would be a great series. It would be a great series, but can they do it for seven games? Yeah, and yeah I think they in, could. In they game, would go to seven, but they in, could. In that game I, that they won, that you have, just for example, J.R. Smith only shot the ball twice. <laughs> J.R. Smith is the key to the Cavaliers. Uh, I think, and yeah. we, we kind of mentioned this earlier on the, in the in the uh, podcast that this Cavs team does look different than they, than any game in the regular season. This team does look unstoppable at points. I mean, 6-0 and right now in the playoffs. This team might be a different team. As you say that, they're this. down 63-55 at half. So just well, to give you guys a little bit of when we're recording this. Eight, eight points is, no- <laughs> is nothing. I mean, watch JR put up. You know, in, in Hotlanta, 
four on th- the road. Four three pointers. Let's be honest. Four, four three pointers, and we're we're back in it. Let, let's be honest. It's not like Cleveland. We're back in it, like I'm a Cleveland yeah, fan. Yeah, it's, it's not like Cleveland. You know, deserves to be smacked around or anything after embarrassing the Hawks. You know, going for a record, no big deal. Like, hey, we're just going to jack up threes all night because why not? This could be a different Cleveland team. We're we might only see up 40 the, points. We might see the page, the, the, the turning page of uh, Cleveland. And also, don't bring that up around Charles Barkley. He might get, he might get really angry. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, on SoundCloud. If you are listening on SoundCloud, hit that little red like button, and you can repost this to all your friends, and we would love the support there. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We would love the support. And if you do want to share this to all your friends, friends that we greatly appreciate it we would love all the support you give us and if you do want to give us even extra support more support than you're you know you're already giving us maximum support maximum support like even with uh, all the likes and shares and follows and subscribing you can follow us on or you can check us out on our patreon page patreon.com slash most valuable podcast you can look at our patreon our rewards our goals and if you do sign up for i think it's a dollar a month you can get a exclusive patreon uh podcast episode so if you do want to check that out we would greatly appreciate it. And if you do want to talk to us in a different way, you can talk to us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Most Valuable Podcast at Most Valuable Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Schwarbo. You can follow Ricky on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore don't underscore tweet. And you can also follow us on Snapchat at Most Valuable Pod. But that's going to wrap up this video, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.